0: Hello everyone and welcome to all things watched. In this video we are going to talk about season 4 finale of True Detective also known as Night Country and this of course was episode 6 which was simply titled part 6 and this is the conclusion the finale of the investigation that we have been following ever since the first episode and it follows continues to follow our two main lead investigators, Navarro and Danvers, as they finally uncover the truth and pretty well all the answers that you might have been wondering or asking is actually answered in this episode so we're not going to waste any time there's a lot to dive into there's some theories that we had that were correct some theories that were not correct and so let's go ahead and jump right into it I will say if you're interested to actually watching this series with me you can do so over on our Patreon account Uh, but with that being said let's just go right ahead and dive in so this episode opens up with Navarro and Danvers now and they are at this location which was uh, pointed out to them uh, by a character known as Otis. Otis Hymus in the previous episode he showed them uh, a place where they would be able to actually uh, sort of break into the cave so to speak. He showed them an area where the uh, ceiling would be thin enough where they would be able to actually dig their way in and of course that is essentially what happens. Navarro and Danvers ends up getting in And uh, I thought it was a little bit, maybe a little bit far-fetched considering the type of tool that they were using. If you look at the size of this hole compared to the tool that they were using. uh, But, you know, I I was able to look past that. But it was a little bit, you know, crazy that that, you know, perfectly, you know, shaped hole just came from the little sort of like a little pickaxe type thing that they were using. But anyways, they end up getting in and so they start to search around and navarro ends up having sort of this gut feeling uh almost like that supernatural premonition she's been having for the whole series which ends up leading her here to this dead end and of course danvers ends up following that da- her down here but once again danvers is kind of like hey let's not go this direction maybe we shouldn't go down there which is once again sort of uh you know very consistent with their personalities and sort of very consistent with their relationship throughout the series as well Navarro being the more supernatural, spiritual side of things. Danvers being more realistic, more cautious, more grounded, so to speak. So even, uh, you know, Danvers decisive, uh, or Navarro's uh, decision to come down here, uh, you know, even you know Danvers even sort of struggled with doing it but she does she gives in she comes down here and it turns out that Navarros is correct because while she's standing here she ends up falling through uh this floor and once again falling even deeper into the caves and the moment that she does this you know Danvers comes over and basically asks her you know are you okay have you got anything broken and I guess because Danvers is you know sort of standing close to the hole uh probably the fact that she moves a little bit as well you know she shifts her weight. And causing the floor to collapse once again, and then Danvers herself actually ends up falling into the cave. uh, And when they actually get up to look around to sort of, you know, get their bearings back in check and figure out where they are, when they turn around, here is. Clark now this is a suspect that we have been looking for and eager to find ever since episode one he is the only person that actually survives the the chaos and everything that happened from the first uh from the first episode and you know we you know these two detectives Danvers and Navarro are asking the exact same questions that we are how are you alive what happened and we need to know the full story now, I started to get very excited when I actually seen Clark here, but there was a small side of me that was kind of like, really, this is a little bit easy, it's a little bit too much of a coincidence that they just happened to, you know, fall into to the cave and then fall into the cave again a second time even deeper, and literally, you know, in this huge maze of caves, they're able to literally just fall right exactly where they needed to be in order to see Clark, But either way I was able to look past it. He obviously turns around and takes off and so Danvers and Navarros follows him and chases him until they get to this what appears to be this underground research facility, this underground laboratory. Which obviously uh, is hidden, and it's hidden for a reason, so clearly these scientists were doing something that was maybe a little off the books or a little off record, and of course, uh, so they start, you know, uh, looking around, they start to notice, you know, lots of little details about the facility, they start to see a lot of notes, a lot of equipment, Uh, but the biggest reveal that we find out is that this is actually where Andy K was killed, and we know this because when they look up at the ceiling, here we have have that spiral that was in any case uh, in the video that they found when she made it uh, talking about how she found something and whatnot and when they look up here it is this big preserved fossilized animal in the ceiling, and now they know that they are actually at the crime scene of where Annie Kay was literally murdered. And so Danvers is looking around, and she finds this weird drill bit, uh, you know, that they're using to to core and drill through the ice, and of course it has a star-shaped head on it, which is consistent with the stab wounds that were found on Annie Kay's body. It was star-shaped stab wounds. Now, you know, the the one thing that I I always... That was a little bit silly about that uh, because as soon as we uh, found out you know literally almost you know right off the bat from from the first episode or the first time we see Annie k and we find navarro finding her body when we learned that it was that she was stabbed a bunch of time by by like a weird object with a weird shape you know honestly construction was sort of the first thing that came to my mind uh, i actually worked in construction for a little while and the first thing that came to my mind was like Uh, you know like some form of screwdriver or drill bit or something especially if you ever did uh, like uh, wiring or data warning or anything with security cameras oftentimes security cameras has these little special bolts which require star heads now in this case obviously this is not a security camera but still you get what I'm saying it still has something to do with uh, you know uh, penetrating something or drilling through something like almost like demolition so I, I find it a little funny that you know Navarro didn't just automatically sort of think about the effect that maybe the research facility was in on it back then or maybe they just couldn't get enough evidence to be able to grant a warrant or something like that I don't really know uh you know I, I just find it a little bit silly that it's only now that they sort of caught on to this I feel like they would have known this right from the beginning but maybe it was just brushed under the rug or maybe they couldn't get far enough with it to the point you know whether there being you know other consequences but either way uh Danvers sees this and she knows right away that this is the type of tool that you know that they use to actually actually stab Annie K uh, all those times. And so then she ends up finding uh, the tunnel, well, not a tunnel, but the, she ends up finding this ladder which leads up through this vertical tunnel And of course when her when Danvers and Navarro goes up the ladder they end up opening up this hatch which of course comes out literally into the research facility and as you can see there's like there's the latch to the actual uh, tunnel but then there's also a square latch here as well and when all of these things are closed it just blends in you would not even notice because it just appears to be a part of the floor and this is why they missed it when they were doing their investigation all those years ago with K, they they didn't know that it was there simply because they didn't you know they just it blended in with the floor. It was too camouflaged, and they would never have known to look. Uh, they probably didn't even know at that time about the caves anyways, because they only learned about the caves uh, during this season, so that's not something that they knew about uh, anyways. Uh, so they ended up, uh, you know, so anyways, now they do know, and now they're starting to, you know, the story is starting to come together. Now they realize where Clark was when they went searching. Now they know why Clark survived and whatnot, but we still don't really know what happened. We still don't know why they are so the research facility people were outside we still don't really technically know what it was that annie Kay actually found that would cause her to get killed and whatnot but all we know is that this explains why clark was never found he was able to travel through the tunnels by this secret under uh, you know sort of uh, this secret underground passage so to speak and so we get a clip then that goes back to Peter and it just shows him cleaning up the crime scene at Danvers House and whatnot. Of course, as soon as he's finished cleaning up, uh, Danvers' daughter, Leia, ends up coming. And there's not really anything a whole lot significant that really happens here. I, I just sort of thought that he, you know, Peter looked a little bit cold. He kind of looked almost emotionless, almost soulless, almost like he, he's not really uh, understanding the gravity of what he just went through. Almost like he's, he's not really feeling anything with the loss of his father or almost like he's not really reconciling with the idea that he just killed somebody or almost like it's not registering i should say not reconcile but it's not registering and so, uh, so it's not really anything significant that happens here, other than Leah comes in. Eventually, he cleans the house, he cleans himself, and then he just ends up driving Leah uh, back to his own house, uh, which we'll get into a little bit later. And so we come back to Navarro's then, and uh, Danvers, and they're still searching through the facility, of course. And Danvers now has her gun out and and whatnot because, um, you know, because they know Clark is here somewhere because they already found Clark. Uh, but what's very interesting here is while Navarro is searching around she does end up seeing wet footprints obviously alluding to her sister but we never actually see her we don't actually see uh, i don't think we see any ghosts in this episode i don't think at least no uh, no ghosts that we know for sure are deceased and whatnot and uh, But I just wanted to throw that in there, because even Danvers sort of has a few basic uh, sort of, uh, some basic uh, hallucinations, we'll say, in this episode. Uh, But either way, uh, Navarros is looking around, and while she's looking around, Danvers is looking around in a different area, But she ends up getting trapped inside of, uh, I thought it was sort of like uh, this thing inside of a freezer, but now I think that it's actually just outside. I feel like they built the research facility in a way where they have this room which is open to the open uh, element, and you know so I don't think it's actually like a freezer or a fridge I just think that she's kind of locked outside but also trapped in sort of this room type area where they're using the environment to keep stuff frozen and of course Clark uh, you know so Clark has her trapped in there Uh, and then of course while she's trapped in there Clark ends up overpowering Navarro knocking her out and then he starts to drag her and I almost don't really know why they even, you know, sort of focus on this scene because it goes away literally within a couple of scenes, <laughs> which we'll talk about in a second. But either way, she gets knocked out just enough for Clark to be able to drag her away. And so then it comes back to Danvers. And Danvers ends up using this wedge or this, uh you know, almost like a pry bar type thing. And she's able to beat her way through the glass and escape. And when she finally finds uh, Clark, she sees Navarro on top of him and she's basically beating him to death. Uh, So uh, Danvers has to stop her, obviously, because Clark is the only witness that's actually alive and he was actually here of the night that everything went down so they've really you know danvers is like listen we need to hold back here we need to figure out the information he's the only witness he's the only one that truly knows what happens and he probably even knows what happened to Anake as well and so navarros do comply she stops acting on emotion and uh you know and they are able uh, she is able to control her anger and so they end up taking him and strapping him th- uh, to a chair literally duct taping him to the chair but they also what I thought was really clever too is that they also ended up playing the video that Anna K had on her phone and they put it on a loop so he has to keep hearing the screams over and over and over and I just thought that that was so appropriate but also very haunting hearing those screams over and over and over and then making him uh, actually have to you know, continue to live with that uh, and, and and all that kind of stuff. Now, at this point in the game, we still don't really learn a whole lot. They just sort of let uh, Clark sort of live with that, you know, and, and live with hearing this on a loop over and over and over. So he doesn't really talk a whole lot yet. Uh, but it's mainly because they don't really give him a chance. And so we end up going back to Peter now. And if you can remember earlier, I was saying how Pia, Peter ends up bringing uh, Leah over to his girlfriend's house or his wife. Uh, they, you know, because she basically walks in just as he's finished Uh, cleaning up, and getting rid of, well, actually, he hasn't disposed of the bodies totally yet, but he does have uh, Danvers' house all clean and ready, Uh, you know, basically all cleaned up and whatnot, and and sanitized and all that stuff, and so he brings Leah over to his girlfriend's house, and This was one of the few nitpicks that I did have with the finale was just how lenient uh, his girlfriend was here this whole time In fact as he's leaving to go again She literally gives him a kiss and everything and she's just like, you know I hope you're safe and he's like, you know I have to do this one thing and then after that uh, I'll be here with you and whatnot and I just really felt like she was very nonchalant about it Even though the entire series she was mad at him for working late hours for doing everything for Danvers and then all of a sudden, here in, in this one final episode, she's all of a sudden just like, "Oh yeah, hey, no worries, uh, all as well." <laughs> so you know, I did think that that was a little inconsistent. So I did have a little bit of a problem with that. Even if it was more like, like I had no problem with her being open to the idea of making things work with him, but I just felt like it was too rushed and too sudden. And so they should have more so. Like, I feel like this should have been the last scene of him for the whole season. Like, that could have been how they ended the scene with her opening up and finally being like, okay, you can come back home. Uh, So it just felt a little rushed and really inconsistent. But I do like how in this scene, uh, Peter does take responsibility because she actually says, are you doing something for Danvers? And he's like, no, I did it. And now I'm basically dealing with it. And and basically now he has to clean up, clean it up and whatnot. So I did appreciate the fact that he took responsibility for it. uh, And and it didn't just, it wasn't just him being like, I had to do something for Danvers. He's like, no, I did this and now I'm going to fix it. So I, I could appreciate that so meanwhile back here at the facility we end up having a really cool scene here and this is where uh you know uh, even Danvers starts to hallucinate just a little tiny bit uh which once again i've been saying for the whole series that i believe the supernatural element is really just their uh, self-conscious sort of speaking to them and it's almost like their self-conscious is a- actually becomes visual it actually becomes personified so to speak but it becomes personified through the dead and this is the first time we really see uh danvers and her uh, subconscious sort of breaking through that fourth wall so to speak uh because here while we have navarros and danvers both of them end up uh, experiencing something very different but it's also somewhat symbolism as well especially with where uh navarros character story will end up by the end of this uh season uh which i won't talk about right here right now but we will talk about it uh, towards the end of the episode but like when navarros opens Excuse me, when Navarro opens the fridge door, the orange rolls out. But rather than sort of focusing on it or, you know, sort of making a big deal of it, she actually picks it up and puts it back in the fridge and actually tells Danvers about a story about her mom, how her mom, I believe it was she said, used to always feed them oranges or used to love to snack on oranges or something. And then on Danvers' side, as you can see in her hand, Danvers has a little piece of glass. And this is, of course, her sort of, uh, you know, sort of hallucinating to some degree or having that self conscious. because this resembles the car accident of her child and her ex-husband or boyfriend or whatever he was and uh and and so you know so you can see her subconscious is sort of uh breaking out as well but what was very interesting with the orange and the glass is that to me this is sort of symbolizing the both of them are slowly kind of moving on and sort of um, just coming to terms with the trauma that they've both experienced. It's almost like it happens at the exact same time, because they're both going through this investigation. They both went through the Wheeler investigation, which we learn more about later on. And then, of course, now they're going through this investigation with the research facility and with Kay. And so I think this is sort of a way to personify visually to show that these two characters are slowly but surely moving on, and that, you know, they are sort of recovering from this trauma but they're going through it together uh very independent traumas very independent uh, characters but they're going through this you know through this story together so I really like that idea, and so Danvers and Navarro ends up going back to Clark, and now we finally start to find. Now we finally get the full story. I'm sorry of what happens to Annie K. Now we still don't really learn anything about the facility here, but he does explain everything that uh, happened. He explains everything that happens to Annie K. But he does also explain uh, his experience of what happened that night, uh, or at least later on. He will. He'll explain his experience of everything that happened that night. Uh, you know, d- d- during when uh, when when the facility ended up losing power and all those people got killed so basically you learn that all these things are connected and so he starts to tell the story and as you can see Anake end up stumbling into this uh you know into this underground research facility in this underground laboratory which was where Navarro and Danvers just came up through the hatch and as you can see you can actually see Clark in the background and he's running towards Anake and Although he doesn't fully tell them the truth, I do feel like Clark had some empathy for her or towards her. I I think he did feel bad for her, but it was already too late. And then he himself would have became a suspect uh, and also a witness. So, you know, but we'll talk about that in a second. But as you can see, I believe this uh, doctor was named Lund. I believe it was Dr. Lund. As you can see, he's stabbing Anike while she's laid down with that drill bit. And of course what happens is Anna Kay ends up getting up and she ends up fighting back she has like this metal thing in her hand and she's fighting back you can see that clark is actually sort of knocked down because she ended up hitting him <clears throat> but as soon as she attacks clark then all the research facility seems like all the researchers go- come downstairs into this cave and then they all gang up on Annie Kay, and then that's how she actually dies so um so she ends up dying uh, she they end up killing her there, but they do it as a group. Uh, but the part that Clark leaves out is when Danvers and Navarro's actually ask Clark, "Did you have anything to do to do with this?" And he says, "No, everybody else did." He said, "I loved her. I didn't have anything to do with it." But when we actually see the flashback, we see that it was actually Clark was the one who actually took her life. But now, once again, whether or not did he do this because he just wanted to get rid of the suspect, or did he do this out of remorse and he didn't want her to suffer. Either way, he lied about her. Either way, he took her life. Which, once again, parallels Navarro and Danvers' story about what happened in the Wheeler case because they didn't tell the full truth either. But what we do learn here, uh, uh, we do learn why she was killed, why why Anna was killed. She was killed because they learned... She learned that uh, their projects were actually successful and they were able to break the code with this microorganism. They successfully created this, uh, their, or they were successful in their experiments so that they would now have this cure to all sorts of different diseases and sicknesses. However, the reason why they killed Anna Kay was because she discovered that in order for them to mine this disease and get rid of it, they actually used to pay the mining company to pollute the waters intentionally. And to pollute it more, because the idea was the more that the water was polluted, the easier it was to extract this mineral or this microorganism that they were looking for. And so she discovers this, and obviously that's a big deal because that means the mine was intentionally killing people with cancer, and you know people were having stillbirths, and it was just a very unhealthy environment. And the mine was doing this intentionally. And Anake found this, out, which is why she ended up getting killed. And so we end up going back to Danvers and. Navarro and this is now where we finally see the truth about what happened to Wheeler <coughs> excuse me and this is actually where we end up uh, getting our confirmation that one of our theories was correct, Navarro was the one that shot and killed Wheeler, and of course Danvers helped her cover it up and helped say that it was a suicide. And even now, to this day, she still stands by Navarro, and they still agree. Uh, you know, they still have each other's back when it comes to that. Uh, but what was very interesting is that Danvers did tell Navarro in this scene. Well, you know, not during the flashback, but while they're standing up in the hallway, she did tell. Uh, she did tell. Uh, navarro that she would have pulled the trigger her, herself just because this guy was just you know he was a repeat offender and you know maybe sometimes the only way to speak to violence is with violence and so uh so that theory was confirmed we did predict predict that a few episodes back uh, we did predict that maybe navarro was the one to actually kill him, uh and and of course we find out that that is true And so in the meantime we come back to the facility now and we see Clark and now Clark starts to talk about uh, his night and his experience of everything that happened here at the facility so we see and hear everything that happened from his perspective and he does say that he actually seen and heard Anna Kay and that she was coming to kill them. Now what's very interesting is that he's the only person that actually survives which we'll find out later on why Uh, but it was still interesting that he does tell them that you know he knew that Anna was going to come and he tells them that it was Anna Kay that killed him but only because he doesn't really know what happened and plus he's probably you know once again living with all the trauma it's a very traumatizing thing and so then we come back now to that night and we see everything that happens from his perspective and we see him when he from the video when he talks about you know she's here she's awake and he sort of has like this little seizure thing happen to him and then the power goes out and then he runs and he runs straight to the hatch which was where Navarro's and Danvers came up and he opens up the hatch and he hides away literally holding the hatch uh, and you can hear everything happening up above but we don't know what's going on it does seem like somebody or something tries to open the hatch but he hangs on tightly and he's able to keep it uh, closed uh, which is how he's able to survive and this is what keeps him safe so at least now we do see from his perspective we got to see that the power did go and this explains how he survived and where he went he survived by hiding in the tunnels by holding on to the latch and now we also know that eventually when he does come up he will run into otis himes who we know uh what you know who actually helped helped uh, Navarros and Danvers earlier help them uh, crack the case by explaining to them about the caves and whatnot uh, but you know either way uh, this is how Clark survived and this is where he hid away to and so we go back to Danvers and she starts to fall asleep uh, but once she and, and of course she does fall asleep and then when she wakes up uh, she wakes up to discover that Clark is actually dead and she ends up going out to look for Navarro and Navarro is just there standing up watching him and you know she's a little bit upset with Navarro she's like what are you doing he was our only witness and now he's dead his testimony is not really any good but you will learn at the very end of the episode uh, that Navarro did get something on him because she ended up getting a, uh, a video of him admitting and confessing everything that they did to Anike and also about them polluting the town and so this is how Clark meets his tragic end the same way as the rest of uh, the researchers here at this facility and so then we go back to Peter and now Peter has finally. Made his way to Rose, and we know that he's at Rose because went to Rose because Navarro told him to go there to dispose of the two bodies of uh, Otis and of his father uh, because he needs to tell Rose to take me where Julia is, and that's exactly what he does. He looks at Rose and said, Navarro sent me and told me to take me where Julia is and so then we end up coming back to navarros and danvers now and once again the power is gone but really cool scene here i really like some of the wide shots that this episode uh, gave us and we see now that they're uh, cuddled up here at the fire they have to have a fire because there's no power and it's super cold and they actually have a little bit of a hostile back and forth here uh you know navarros ends up telling danvers that she's seen her son and he ends up telling uh telling her like that he said something or whatever about it and you know She's all, you know, no, this can't happen. This is not real. This is not true, or whatnot, and ends up getting really upset with uh, Navarro and so later on navarro ends up actually leaving the facility and then of course danvers has to go looking for her she's concerned about her and so we you know it's once again they are out here in the night country and it is just cold. it is a blizzard they're very far out north and we end up getting uh, a shot of uh, of navarro and she's out on the ice and as you can see it's so wide it's really open and then she ends up basically transporting or uh, hallucinating uh, you know that In a way where she thinks that she's actually back uh, in the war. And as you can see, we've, we've seen this flashback before. But this time, a hand reaches out. And her hand reaches out. And this, I think, is the moment when Navarro actually finally moves past what she believes is her curse. And she's no longer afraid. And she's no longer uh you know thinking that she's losing her mind and i think that this is really good c- uh, closure for navarro uh to finally officially be able to move on but in the meantime while danvers is out looking for navarros she ends up falling through the ice and as you can see the flashlight is falling i really like this scene this is actually a scene i would have really enjoyed to watch behind the scenes i would like to see how they actually filmed this and shot this because especially with the way the flashlight was falling uh and you know the way that the, the, the the beam from the light is like circling and going around I just thought it was really well shot and it was really cool to see uh, you know Danvers sinking and with the flashlight sinking You know, she's sinking into the darkness, into the void, uh, but while the light is flashing, and the light is actually falling as well, and I just thought it was really well shot. And so she starts to hallucinate as well. She ends up hallucinating back to the time of the accident, uh, which was actually really sad and to some degree even a little bit hard to watch because we know this was very traumatic. She's going to lose her husband here. She's going to lose her child here. Uh, But we do get a lot of flashbacks here with Navarro. Or with Danvers, sorry, and her family, Uh, and it was really nice to see, this is actually the most flashbacks that we've seen yet, and of course, but in in the real time, not during her flashback, but in the real time, Navarro actually ends up saving her and pulling her out, which is sort of uh, reversing the situation, uh, you know, or at least sort of reverses the situation that they're in, because Danvers went out here to save Navarro, but it turns out that Navarro actually ends up saving Danvers, And so I think that with these flashbacks and with this near-death experience, Danvers is slowly starting to move on as well. So Navarro brings her back, of course, to the to the great big fire that she has going because she knows that she needs to get her warmed up as quickly as possible before hypothermia kicks in if it hasn't already kicked in. And so she does her best to keep her warm and whatnot. And while Danvers is sort of slipping in and out of conscience before she fully regains her strength and, you know, starts to warm up, we get this really cool flashback here where we see her and her son uh, doing, like, finger paints and whatnot. And uh, I wanted to screenshot this because this is actually foreshadowing the future and foreshadowing how she's going to end up solving this case with a handprint. Now right here it's the flashback where she's seeing her son and she's seeing you know, this handprint that he made with paint but she will use this. This will give her an idea which will end up becoming information as to how she finds out what really happened that night with the research facility uh, because it will all lead to a handprint. So you could sort of say to some degree that this is Navarro's hallucinating. And this is the dead giving her a message. Now, maybe that's a little bit of a far cry, but, you know, you could look at it that way if you really wanted to. And so we end up going back to... Uh, and so we end up going back to Peter now and Rose, and you see Peter breaking through the ice, just like his father did when he was young when he fell through the ice. In fact, they actually clipped that in there. They actually edited it so that it does parallel that, and so he's uh, beating his way in through the ice uh you know like i said it's literally almost identical to what his dad did and then it shows him actually taking the bodies but it only really shows him taking hank's body uh but we know obviously he's going to take otis's body as well but hank is the only one that's actually significant that's his father and then it shows him actually throw Uh, You know throw the body into the ice and it sinks and I do like that they were clever enough uh, to have Rose actually uh, Talk about how the body sinks because Rose talks about how she needs to puncture the lungs to let the air out. If not the body will float and so I'm like little details like that I really appreciate it. I'm glad that they actually put that in there Uh, And and she actually does you know she punctures the lung but then Peter is the one that actually puts him in the ice and so Then we come to a really cool scene, once again, that I really like between Peter and Rose. And Rose is like, Peter basically says to Peter, you know, hey, you might think that what you just did was hard, you know, having to kill your father, having to throw him into the ice. But she said, really, the hard part doesn't begin until now, which is, of course, living with the decision and living with, uh, you know, the actions and consequences of everything that went down. And she's actually really, and that's true, that's right. You know, she's not lying about that. That is a very, I thought it was a very realistic conversation conversation uh you know because that is the truth you know now the hard part really now is going to begin uh now you know literally at that moment if not the next day when he wakes up and now he has to remember this and take all this experience with him as he you know grows older especially considering that he has a son for himself and so we end up going back to the facility then and danvers ends up getting an idea which sort of sparks the idea sort of sparks with the combination of two things. It sort of sparks with the combination of the flashback that she's seen with her child uh, and the handprint, like we were just uh, talking about a minute ago, but then also, it also sparks with what uh, Clark was saying about how he was holding onto the hatch, and he says that he was actually, felt like he was actually holding onto it for what could have been five minutes or it could have been an hour. Uh, It's almost like he wasn't really sure, but he thinks like it could have been an hour, and so... uh, know this sort of gives danver an idea that maybe um maybe just maybe they might be able to actually figure out you know why he was holding on to it to see if somebody was actually trying to open the hatch so she gets this chemical and then tells navarro to use this uv light and of course they end up you know putting the chemical and the uv light on top of the hatch and sure enough they end up finding. A whole bunch of handprints uh and so i think this ends up giving her an idea uh somehow this ends up uh, i i think it's something that actually happened in a previous episode uh this is how she knew i believe because of an interview that she had with a suspect not really a suspect but someone that they interviewed in an earlier episode just you know like an informant to get some information uh and i think this is what led her uh, t- back to this other group or this other family of indigenous people. And so she goes and knocks on the door because she remembers that one of the members of this family was actually a janitor uh, at the facility or, or, or whatnot and actually did a lot of cleaning. And this is now when we get the full story of everything that happened to the researchers on that night, uh, on the very first episode uh, two weeks ago. And at first I was a little bit confused about the timeline, because once we see why everything happened, it does connect to Annie K. But then I thought about it, and I was like, well, Annie K. died a really, really, really long time ago. But it was only two weeks ago that this group of people, that the indigenous people, actually ended up finding out about it. And this is why they decided to attack now. And so she ends up inviting Navarros and Danvers into their house. And then she finally explains everything that happened. Her and the rest of their people and their, their community, uh, they end up sticking together and they end up invading the facility because they end up learning that uh, they once they learn that the researchers were the ones that killed Annie Kay, they basically do this for retaliation. And what do they do? They cut the power. And then they storm the facility with guns. So that the researchers would be powerless. And would not be able to fight back. And they end up collecting the researchers. And literally putting them into the back of a pickup truck. As you can see. It's almost like a giant sea can type truck. Or like a sea container. And they end up locking them in. And they actually drive them all the way out to the ice. And they take, and then they point their guns. And start shooting up in the air. Basically threatening their lives and then they tell the research facility uh, people to just walk out to the ice and they had to do it with absolutely no clothes on and this explains why they were found out on the ice all frozen some of them you know scratching their eyes out and whatnot so it does appear that the actual cause of death really was due to hypothermia and, you know, probably hallucinations, you know, they, they literally froze to death, and this is what killed them, and because of the extreme temperatures this far north, uh, you know, they would have died very quickly, and so we learned that this is how the facility group died, but they died because of the events that happened with Anna Kay and because this group of people ended up finding out about it, and they went to retaliate. Clark, of course, was amongst his people, but he was able to escape by holding on to the... Uh, Onto the uh, the door of the bunker or of the tunnel and they so they weren't able to get him Which is also why he survived he lived down into the tunnels He ended up finding Otis Himes and of course that's where the story goes basically and this was sort of the conclusion of the Investigation so Danvers ends up leaving and Navarro stays there for a few seconds Sort of to talk to the group because she herself is you know an indigenous woman and so they just sort of sweep it under the rug and Basically, they just say, we don't really know what happened, and they sort of treat it as an unsolved, mysterious uh, case, even though uh, I believe the mining company ends up, uh, what, what was her name, Silver Silver, something, I can't remember her name, but the one that was the head of the mine, and they basically sweep it under the rug, saying that it was just natural causes, natural events, and Danvers and Navarro just lets this community walk. They don't charge them, they don't bring them in for questioning, uh, just because they, they know that, you know, Well, I mean, why not justice was served? You know, this research facility ends up killing Anna Kay, so the town retaliates, so there's no need for any more investigation. The case is closed, and now they know the full story and so uh, so no matter what way you want to look at it, whether you want to look at it from the supernatural side or the, you know, practical side, which is sort of the, the two characters of Danvers and Navarro, the way, the, kind of like the yin and yang, uh, you sort of get conclusion on both ends of it, really, and, uh, and whatnot. And then, of course, uh, for the final moments of the episode, uh, we end up going into the perspective of Danvers, which was the exact same perspective that we had of Russ back in Season one, which is with Danvers sitting down being interviewed about a case that happened many months ago I believe they said that this is May now so this is now a day country where it's going to be daytime for all, all for you know for six months or whatever it is whereas in the winter it be nighttime and uh, we also see here we see that Peter is still working on the force so Danvers once again stuck to her gun stuck to her story protecting Peter the exact same way that she protected uh, Navarro and the exact same way that Navarro protected at her as well, and so uh, Peter is still on the force, and once again, not being penalized or anything like that, Uh, but what Danvers ends up learning is that she ends up learning that Navarro has uh, gone away, we don't really know actually what happened to Navarro, all we know is that she left, but we don't really know why, or or where she went, or what she did, we don't even really know 100% sure if she survived, but what we do know is that she left Danvers, the recording that she managed to get of Clark before he died of him admitting everything so that she can pass it in to the authorities uh, and whatnot. And then we get the final scene that we get of Peter is Peter uh, cuddling his little boy here which is sort of resembling him and his relationship with his father, you know, sort of paralleling. Now he's a father having a relationship with his son. You can tell that he's a little bit hurt and distraught by some of the trauma. But he's probably not beat up to the point where, you know, he's he's going to survive. You know, he's going to be okay. Uh, but you get what I'm saying. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's not as distraught as you might think. But I do think that he feels it. He feels the weight. He feels the gravity. But I think he's going to be okay. uh, You know, because I think he will be able to justify what he did for the sake of protecting uh, Danvers. You know, because he really did. He only killed killed Hank for the sake of protecting Danvers. And so the very last shot that we get then is of Danvers going out on her back. Uh, balcony and we see uh N- navarro she shows up here and she's just overlooking uh the view the same as danvers so they sort of really end this story and uh kind of you know you can kind of say that it ends in a way of your own interpretation you can think that maybe navarro did kill herself maybe she did walk out on the ice and die Personally, I don't think that that's what happened. Uh, I think that Navarro, especially with this episode, she found out what her name means, and it actually meant sun, Was it, like a a new sun after a darkness or something like that, or a new sun rising after the darkness. So, you know, with all that sort of metaphoric symbolism and whatnot, or all these metaphor symbolisms and all this kind of stuff, especially with the way how she ends up saving Danvers, you know, in the lake, even though Danvers went out to save Navarro, I do think that Navarro is alive, and especially considering that she left clues, she gave her boyfriend back the toothbrush, she gave Danvers back the polar bear with the recording of Clark, and whatnot, and so I do think that she's alive and well. I think, if anything, at least from my interpretation, I do think that she moved on, and that she just needed to go somewhere to start over new start over fresh now that she's overcome this uh you know this supernatural side now that she no longer believes that she's cursed i do think that she went on to live a life somewhere else uh away from the trauma and away from you know all the craziness so even though navarro is here i don't think that she's actually here i think this is just sort of uh, sort of like an echo of navarro overlooking everything whereas danvers is actually here uh because i do think that danvers will stick around you know they had a scene where she was driving away with her daughter it seemed like her daughter was getting along and seemed like they were both getting along quite well uh and so i do think that that relationship will flourish as well and i do think that peter and hanks or uh, peter and his son's relationship and also his wife's relationship will flourish as well too uh and whatnot so and that's basically it, that's how it ended, so some theories that we had right, we were correct about Navarro being the one who killed Wheeler, uh, but we were wrong about a couple of other theories, we were wrong about the fact that Peter was involved, I was starting to think that maybe Peter, or maybe even Navarro, or Danvers was involved, even with N.E.K., but we were wrong about that, it turns out that uh, Peter actually did stay true, he did stay, uh, remain loyal to Danvers, he did kind of stay, you know, somewhat of a good cap, uh, but he's still not that great of a cap, I mean, most of this story revolves around bad people who made bad decisions, but I do think that he, uh, you know, I do think that Peter means well and whatnot, so I did I did appreciate that. Uh, in terms of Navarro, I actually thought that one of them were going to actually die. I did think that Navarro or Danvers would die, but it turns out they didn't. I'm not convinced, at least, you know, from how I took it, I don't think that Navarro was dead. I think she's very much alive, and I think that uh, I think that they ended it the best way that they possibly could. I did think that it was a little bit anticlimactic when we found it what happened to the research facility or at the research facility, how this group of women or this group of people in the community just went in and took the research uh, researchers and literally just drove them out on the lake. I thought it could have been a little bit more interesting than that. Uh, and I did feel like this episode was a little bit rushed overall. But if I'm going to judge the season based on a, a series, uh, you know, based in the true detective anthology, I did think overall this was a great uh, season. And I, I do think uh, that it, it did its job. Uh, like I said, it, just because I think the finale could have been done a little bit better. I think overall this the series would have done better if there was one more episode. Uh, I think one more episode would have done a little bit more justice. Uh, but I still thought the story was good overall. It definitely was not as good as season 1. I would argue not even as good as season 2 or 3. Well, actually, I would probably argue it was better than season 3 but and on par with season 2. But not as good as season 1. Uh, I was actually a really big fan of season two, uh, but for some reason I just didn't really like season three. I loved the performances, I loved Mahershal Ali. Uh, uh, I believe that's his name Mahershal. Mahershala Ali I think his name uh, he's actually going to be playing uh, Blade soon in Marvel I loved his performance I thought he's a he's a great actor he did a great job in that season I just wasn't really a big fan of the story itself but I loved uh, episode uh, season one and two and I did really enjoy this one and I look forward to seeing what happens to True Detective in the future and I do hope they keep going on with this anthology series and overall I did I did still enjoy the finale I just thought it could have been done a little bit better so with that being said folks that's my review of the part 6 of true detective season 4 also known as night country let me know your comments in the comment section uh, down below let me know your thoughts and if you like this video click the subscribe button and until the next one take care